0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, hello, Wellpreneur community, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. This week, I'm talking to a super inspiring wellness entrepreneur. On the show this week, I have Sadie Lincoln, who is the founder of Bar3. If you're not familiar with it, Bar 3 is an awesome workout that's a combination of like ballet bar meets yoga meets Pilates. They have in-person studios across the country and now around the world, and they also offer online classes that you can do from the comfort of your home. So it's really awesome to have Sadie on the show. And I've been trying to get her on for a few months and our schedules just didn't work out. And I'm really thrilled to be able to bring you this conversation today. She's so open about her experience of growing this type of fitness business. And the conversation takes a fa- like a totally fascinating tangent as we end up talking about social media. Sadie is actually on a social media siesta, she calls it, like taking a break from social media as we're recording this episode. And it's just really awesome to hear her perspective of how this like insidious comparisonitis can sneak in to our social media use. And you might just feel better if you step away for a while. So today in our conversation, Shady's going to share how she started the business, what she was doing before, things she wished she'd known as she was actually growing Bar 3, and of course, all about social media and when it's time to just turn off. Before we get into that interview, though, I just want to say a big, huge thank you to all of you who participated in the Nail Your Niche Challenge last week. So much fun. It's been really great helping you to find your perfect target market. Oh, well, I shouldn't even say perfect, but find the target market that's right for your business and to get clarity so you can finally like get unstuck from being, you know, dragging your feet and wanting to do a target market and really move forward. Well, now this week, as a next step, I'm really excited to share with you that Wellpreneur Marketing Bootcamp, my flagship course, is finally back and available. And we are accepting members this week. So as you know, in my book, Wellpreneur, that came out earlier in 2017, I teach the entire organic growth system, which teaches wellness entrepreneurs like you how to bring more of the right people to your website and turn them into paying clients. Well, that same organic growth system I'm going to teach you in Marketing Bootcamp, which is our training course that walks you through this process step by step. So at every step along the way, I've got tutorial videos and exercises and worksheets and resources and downloads so that you can really start bringing more of the right people to your website and then know what to do once they're there, right? So that they're not just constantly getting freebies from you, but that they're actually turning into paying clients. So we've got a really special offer running this week that's only available during this launch period. So if you want to learn more about Marketing Bootcamp and join us, you can find out more at wellpreneuronline.com slash bootcamp. And if you have any questions about it at all, please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can find me on Facebook at our Wellpreneur community group, but you can also just email us at info at wellpreneuronline.com. So whether you're just thinking about starting your wellness business, or if you're doing marketing online already and just not getting the results that you want, I'd really like to encourage you to check out Wellpreneur Marketing Bootcamp. Again, that's at wellpreneuronlinecom slash bootcamp. And for the next week, we've got a very special offer running to celebrate the relaunch and the reopening of the bootcamp program. So I hope to see you on the inside. But now let's jump over into this interview with Sadie Lincoln of Bar 3. Hi, Sadie. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Hi, Amanda. Glad to be here. So I am really excited to have you on finally, because what everyone listening doesn't know is that we've tried a few times to get you on the show. And the one time we had it almost working, I had like the worst internet connection in the world. And it was really <laughs> embarrassing. And we had to reschedule and you were so cool about it. You were like, you know, this is all about resiliency and rolling with the punches. And I totally want to talk about that later. I really appreciate that from you as a guest. Absolutely. All about resilience. (laughs) So why don't you tell everyone, for people that aren't familiar with you and your business, like who you are and what you do?
1: Yes. So I'm a 45-year-old woman and I live here in Portland, Oregon. I have two children, two rescue dogs, a wonderful husband who is also my business partner. And we started a company called Bar 3 nine years ago. And we started with one studio in here in Portland in the Pearl District. And we've grown it to 130 studios, mostly here in the U.S., but we have some in the Philippines and one in Canada, Toronto. And we franchise. We also own them. And we have built an online workout platform as well. And we have subscribers, active subscribers in 96 countries now, which is really fun. And I'm still, I sit here in Portland now. I have a headquarters filled with amazing, bright individuals. Many of them have come up as clients and then turned into rock stars here helping me lead this company. We have 56 full-time employees here, and I think 50 of them are women. So we are definitely a woman-run company.
0: Awesome. I'm curious, what were you doing before you started Bar3?
1: Well. In fact, my entire professional career has been in fitness, and I worked mostly for a large fitness chain called 24 Hour Fitness. I landed a job with them right out of grad school and worked there 11 years. And for I did many jobs. My first was scaling group exercise programs for the company. We had 50 gyms and quickly 100, and by the time I left, there was 430. But I also worked for the CEO and founder, Mark Mastrov. One of my roles was his special projects director. So he sent me on all kinds of missions throughout the company. And through that experience, I learned the ins and outs of the fitness world from everything from site selection to build out to how to figure out a PL to scaling a group exercise program to sales, pitching, brand identity, um just pretty much the whole the whole thing. So a lot of experience in the fitness world before. And then I had two kids and I stopped working for two years and stayed at home with them. And that was right before I started Bar three. I was at home with my babies,
0: so that experience is so super relevant. I mean, it's not even like you went from being, say, a personal trainer and then you went to opening your own, like you'd actually helped to scale a fitness business before. So that must have been hugely valuable and even really defining on how you decided to structure bar three.
1: yeah, certainly. And learning who I was as an individual too, because while I had such an amazing I'm so thankful, so much gratitude for the experience that I was able to have working in such a fast growing fitness company. And what I learned, a lot of what I learned while I was there was that the culture that I was a part of wasn't a complete fit for me. And that the products that we were selling were also not a complete fit for me. And so that was part of the catalyst for me branching out on my own is to develop a concept that. Filled where I I was personally missing, what I was personally missing in the industry. Mm. And I'm also a passionate educator. So my master's is in education. I thought I was going to run fitness and wellness programs on college campuses. And I've always loved helping people. I've always loved empowering people. I mean, that's truly who I am at heart as an educator. And so the idea of growing a fitness company and taking all that unique wisdom and skill set that I had and empowering other individuals with it is what led me to decide to franchise as a growth plan versus owning or, you know, ha- having managers. I was really excited about
0: the idea of empowering entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So you, you'd you been working in that fitness company and then you took a couple of years off with your children and then you went back to start or you you decided to start Bar 3. What was the biggest surprise for you as you were starting Bar 3? Like It must have been, there were bits that were similar to your old job, but then I imagine a whole bunch that was really different.
1: The biggest surprise for me was the absolute joy and power of being in what I call flow state. As soon as I aligned my kind of soul's purpose and my core values with my job, everything started to click, and it was a surprise to me because I love. I'm a I'm a high performer. I love working hard. You know, good healthy work ethic. I worked really hard for Twenty Four Hour Fitness. And I would say I was working hard there. Whereas when I started to align my, that hardworking ethic to my values, it was, it turned into working smarter, not harder. And the sense of freedom and flow, which I did not expect because I didn't know anything except for my, my work beforehand. Mm-hmm. I also was really surprised at the ease of making decisions. I didn't have a huge committee. It was like a decision making committee of one when we started, which is really super liberating.
0: Mm-hmm. I love this idea of really working into the flow. I'm curious in your opinion on this. I think that's one of the, the dreams and the goals that people have when they're going out to start their own business. You know, they're like, I am passionate about wellness. I want to start working in that area. But it doesn't always seem like it works out that way. I see people starting businesses that actually they're not happy in. How did you get that alignment? I guess I wonder if there's any insight you have there on how you were able to align yourself so well.
1: Well, Chris and I were in that space. We were, were such entrepreneurs. We have over the years built many business models together. We just, you know, run the numbers and kind of dream up concepts, everything from nail salons to pizza business, to plant watering, to running yoga studios. You know, most of those have, I have no interest in except maybe the yoga. But I was really passionate about finding a gap in the market and creating my own business And having autonomy, and I'm so happy that I waited until I found my truth and what I was really good at. And I truly believe, you know, I'm not a good. I'm I'm I have a horrible green thumb. First of all, like if I was had the plant watering business, that would just be such a a bad fitment for me. I don't eat pizza. That that doesn't work. And nail salons are toxic for the environment. It's just one of my core core values. So you know, those were pretty clear examples. But I think that. I really believe that each of us knows the answer inside of ourselves, what, where our native genius lies, where our absolute strength is without working hard at it. I think we're born with that. And over time, the world writes on us and we kind of adapt to be accepted throughout the world and we forget what it is, what, what that like gem of who we are is. And it truly is a practice to get there. And for me, what really helped of peel back that onion and get to the heart of who I was was just to find different kind of self-awareness tools. And one of them was yoga. Um, the quiet time I had practicing yoga, I went through a yoga instructor training program that really connected with me. And the wisdom of yoga allowed me to remember that what I really cared about was education and movement in the body. And there's all other being pregnant Having a baby inside of me was like the most intuitive state I've ever been in. If you think about it, like being pregnant is truly intuitive. It's your body is developing the baby without you consciously thinking about it. And I think that is my strength. I'm, I'm an intuitive learner. I'm an intuitive versus, you know, some people are more knowing um, mindset. And that really helped remind me of my strength and my power that way. So just in a part of us growing up, you know, just getting older, I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I didn't jump on to a business that wasn't wasn't really right for me.
0: Well, I think one thing you brought up also was that you kind of did thought experiments about some of the other businesses. Like you guys would play around with the ideas or run the numbers, like you said, and you can start mm-hmm. to get a sense based on that. And probably then tuning into your intuition, like you're thinking about doing a plant watering business. And as you're sitting with it, you're like, you know what? I don't really care about this. This doesn't feel right. And I think mm-hmm. that there's some sort of, thoughtful pause there too, that sometimes people just jump in, especially Mm -hmm. when it's so easy to start something online, you know, just jump in and Mm -hmm. do a training and get started and don't really spend that time to think about what do I want out of this? Is this going to be in alignment with me?
1: Yeah, there's no rush. And especially with something you're starting from scratch, and I'm really impatient. I'm a starter. I love starting things. If I get an idea, it's that's what I work on daily here in the office is I will send people crazy because I come up with these ideas and I want to share it right away and get people working on it right away versus what I've learned is way more effective as a leader and also spiritually way more effective is to maybe write it in a journal, think on it, walk on it, meditate on it, maybe talk to a couple of people that are outside of the company that won't be impacted by it and wait a good 30, 60, 90 days even before, you know, really acting on whatever that idea is. That's been really, really helpful for me.
0: I have to say, because I'm also a starter and that is a really, is a challenge that practice to sit on it. And that's something that I'm working on too, is like, it's okay. Maybe you don't have to launch it like the day after you think about it. You know, maybe you don't have to get started. You can put it on the list and sit with it. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. So yes.
1: Conversely, (laughs) you agree that there's people, so my husband is the opposite. He gets analysis paralysis. So he'll sit with an idea and just incubate it and has a hard time putting it on paper or telling people about it. So I think it's, it's always good to know, you know, what kind of person we are. And that's part of our magic, the two of us, is he helps slow me down and is really thoughtful and I help kind of break him out of his shell.
0: When you started Bar 3, did you have the vision for, were you just planning on having like one studio facility or did you have the vision that you wanted to do franchising and really take it national and international?
1: Yeah, I had the vision of scaling it for sure. And I wrote a business plan all around it, which I actually never used. We thought we were going to take it to get an SBA loan and we never need, we didn't need to because uh, Mark Mastroff ended up investing a little bit up front. So we never actually used it, but the exercise of actually writing the business plan was really helpful for both me and Chris. And our vision was to have a regional family of exercise studios. So we thought we were going to have about 24 in the Pacific Northwest. And I think that was maybe our three-year plan. And that's obviously evolved.
0: (laughs) So how did the whole online piece come around, starting to offer your classes online?
1: I just scratched my own itch, which that's exactly what I did with Bar 3 too. It's what do I need right now? And as my kids started to get older and I became increasingly more busy and started traveling for work more I was having a hard time getting into the studio and really craving a way to move on my own terms. I also, as a public figure, I'm actually an introvert. Chris always calls me a closet introvert because I seem I'm such a like external personality, but truly where I get my energy is at home and and by myself. And I started to do more and more bar three at home and I love my at home yoga practice, and I realized that there's this whole audience out there who probably share that need. And that was it. I, I And I wanted it to be not produced and more intimate and more of a conversation. And so Chris and I literally, I mean, he held the little hand camera. I styled myself, figured out the choreography, put the music on and he started filming me. And that's our very first workouts. We just put them up on our website. We called it my bar three um, at the beginning. And then we ended up evolving it into just part of the bar three dot com product. And now we film we have a whole production crew and we still film every week, by the way, because we want it to not be too produced. We don't want too much time in between to worry about like what we look like and you know, all these things that can happen once you get on camera. We're trying to be as real and as kind of real time as possible.
0: So one thing I'd love to talk about today is kind of your personal practices, because I think it's really interesting to see you know, you've got all these different hats that you're wearing. So you're a business owner and a wife and a mother and you have, and your other interests as well and a public figure. And so, and how do you keep it all? I I don't want to use the word like imperfect balance, but you know, you find like a balance that works for you at the time. So I'm wondering, do you have any sort of morning routine or something that you do like ritual that you do every day?
1: Yeah. So I like what you said about It's towards balance versus being balanced um, because that's just balance is so associated with perfectionism, I think. And so many of us, I just don't think it's possible to do all things right in balance all the time. So it really truly is a practice. I do have a morning ritual. I try to, when I wake up, just sit up in bed and close my eyes and do a short meditation. And that sometimes is just literally sitting there, sometimes even with my eyes open, looking out the window, but just taking in the day and just being still for a moment, taking deep breaths. So I can remember that I'm just a body that woke up in this world and I'm going to move through my day and it's okay. (laughs) Because before that, I was waking up with a million ideas in my head and things I needed to do. I would check my phone in bed, laying down, and by the time I was pouring tea in the kitchen in my mind my mind had already you know been was racing I could barely be present with my children so that's been a really healthy first practice for me is just simply sitting up in bed and, and being quiet and breathing I do a similar practice when I get home around 430 or five I go up to my attic and I sit in stillness that's my favorite time to sit in stillness and just let the day absorb into my body and breathe and sometimes I'll light like, I'll do a sage smudge or light a candle. I have tarot cards. Sometimes I'll draw a card. I have crystals. I have all these tools at this point, just something to give me some kind of entry point into self-awareness and connection with myself so I can just kind of feed my own body in that moment. So when I go down the stairs and help my kids with their homework and start dinner, I can truly be there for them because that's the most important thing to me.
0: I think that's so important to have those transition points because it's so easy especially when you're running your own business to take the work home with you and to keep thinking about it, right? Because you're involved in so much of it and it would be so easy to just be thinking about it. Like you said, I mean, we've all I fall into that as well, like waking up and thinking about it right away. And it would be so easy to carry that into the evening. So I'm I really like that ritual.
1: And it's such a disservice to everybody. I read a great book, um The Myth of Multitasking. Think his name's Dave Crenshaw, the author, and he talks about how you can't multitask. It's it's actually a myth. It's been proven, and that really it's a disservice to anybody that you're multitasking. So if I'm on an email while also helping my son with his homework, I'm not serving either the person I'm communicating on email or my son fully, or myself. And you know, I think that's been a big lesson for me is to really set the phone aside because it's just totally, let's just face it, an addiction and get away from it all and have a moment where I can just, yeah, let
0: down. Mm -hmm. Do you still keep your phone by your bed or have you like locked it away?
1: (laughs) I had locked it away. I kept, I was charging it downstairs and I want to go back to that. I do have it by my bed because it's my alarm clock. Mm -hmm but I don't like it. And I'm really good now. I I honestly do not look at it in the morning in terms of my emails or notifications. And I'm off. I'm taking a social media siesta right now, which is so amazing.
0: Ooh, I want to talk about Um, that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My 13 year old daughter has a phone now. And just this morning I walked in and she was laying in her bed, looking at her phone and I didn't say anything because I have a phone next to my bedside too, but I just was thinking about this today that I I wanna model that the phone does not enter the room because
0: I just don't think it's healthy. Can we talk about your social media sabbatical that you're doing? So tell me about what it was like before. Like what brought you up to that point?
1: Yeah, I got to this point. Well, I'm having this whole like renewal and self awareness moment right now in my professional career that I am not a company. I'm Sadie, you know, I'm a person. And I think because for those of you listening, if you have your own business, you're so personally identified with it. I literally was embodying my company in so many ways. And I think for me, it's about perspective. I need to get away from that and remember that I'm not really attached to my company or its success to be happy and whole as a human being. And that I need, and I deserve to just have my own space and time just for me outside of the company. And one of kind of the symptoms of being really attached to a company for me was social media and being the face of the company. And I felt this like obligation and need to serve the company as the public figure, as the CEO on my own personal social media. And, but I didn't know how to do that. And so I found myself scrolling through other personalities and seeing their Instagrams and Pinterest. And I think this all this stuff just kind of gets in you. And even if I wasn't consciously looking, it's like out there. And I found myself just posting things that because I was supposed to versus in a really empowering way. And I truly believe that social media is power. I believe in the positive side of it because I think each of us as individuals now have just as much power as our president in a lot of ways. And for me, that's really important to know that I have a voice and I can be heard in a really positive, impactful way. And Because I was sort of in this copycat syndrome and I was sort of losing myself and I was also a slave to it. And to be totally transparent, addicted to seeing how many people were liking it and who was watching my stories and who was commenting. And did I have time to, I, who knows how many times I was checking my Instagram, but I really think it was toxic behavior. It was way too much. So I just knew I just posted it's on there right now. A picture of me with my hat on my face. Just like, I'm out of here. I'm out. Peace. I'll be back. I don't know when, but I need a break. And it's been so good for me because now I'm really thinking about when I come back on that I want every post to mean something and to I want to I want to be very proud of them and I want to again model that for my daughter. She's one of my motivations because she doesn't have Instagram yet. She's been asking for it, and it's like if I can't healthily use Instagram, then I'm not going to let my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of it. I want to I want to just hopefully imprint some ideas. And one of my rules, for example, now is that if I'm going to take a picture and post it on Instagram, I'll take the picture, but I'm not allowed to look at any of my pictures right away. So I'll take the picture, just like pretending like it's an old camera, take the picture, put it away in my purse, maybe 24 hours later, look at the picture and decide if I want to post it Mm -hmm. versus taking the picture and taking that moment of magic away from that beautiful experience to post it right away is like one of the practices that was sort of like an aha for me as I've been on this siesta.
0: Mm-hmm. How long have you been on this for now or so far?
1: I think like way over what I thought. I think I've been maybe six weeks or so. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, okay. I, I don't want to go back on. <laughs> Did you notice? So I took a digital sabbatical one summer and I took a whole month off of everything. Basically, I was just offline
1: oh, yeah. and,
0: and it was amazing. But I oh. noticed... And thank goodness for my assistant or I wouldn't have been able to do it. It was really, right. really good. But I noticed like the first, especially the first 24 hours, it was like I kept reaching for my phone. Like it was, yeah. phys- and I, re- that's when I realized this really is an addiction. Like you're just yeah. constantly like you're standing in line or just these different points during the day, I just reach for my phone. And, totally. and it took a few days for that to stop. And then, I, then it was like the best thing ever. But those first couple of days were really hard. I know I was in denial about all that. Yeah.
1: I was on an R V trip when I went off it with my family and it was the same thing. Like I, you know, as we we're driving, I, I would reach for my phone. I'm like, what am I looking for? Like what am I doing? Like mm-hmm. I'm with my family in this beautiful setting. Look out the window. Don't look at your phone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think thank you for being so honest about that and about you know, acknowledging that likes are addictive. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the reasons they are so addictive, it's like checking email or getting social media likes because every time you check there may or may not be some or there may or may not be a different amount. And so it's like it's like that um I forget what they call it, like intermittent rewards. So you keep that, checking because yeah. you're never sure like when you're gonna get the good one.
1: Oh I know it's and well and they've found they've related it back to the same psychology as gambling mm. and the the slot machines and all that. There's the same algorithms they're using for some of the stuff that's it's truly
0: it was it's real. to be addictive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing that jumped out when you were talking about that was just that sense of comparison, even if you're not intentionally comparing yourself, you know, it's just like that. Yeah. You you spend some time scrolling through your feed and you leave just kind of feeling vaguely bad about yourself.
1: <laughs> like and that, yeah. vaguely bad, but for me, even just empty, because I love creating. I mean, I consider myself in a way, an artist, like, with movement and it's what fuels me and that's copying. And one of my favorite quotes is from a book I love called rework. And that one of the, my favorite quotes from that is copying skips understanding. And it's so true. It's like for me just kind of sort of imitating what other wellness people were doing or comparing myself to them. I was skipping the most beautiful step, which is learning about myself and reflection and growing as a human being And then that's why we're all kind of bored with Instagram, right? It's like, it's just such a thing. It's such a look, like it's the same quote, it's the same matcha latte, it's the same thing that we keep seeing and being fed over and over again. And I'm personally looking for people who are a little more outrageous or make me think or question things or a little bit more uncomfortable or just kind of disrupt. And I think the only way to do that is to
0: kind of block out the noise for a while. That's so interesting because I think, you know, especially if you're getting started with something. Or like you were saying, you were trying to see what other people were doing because you want to get a sense of what's the best way to use this tool? What's the best way to use this platform? What are other people doing? What's resonating? And I think there's some value. I mean, at some point that's valuable to look and see what other people are doing, but maybe just in the beginning for a limited time, and then you need to stop and do your own creative process. I mean, I'm curious, like...
1: The real value, though, yes, you have to understand the platform. I agree. There's a little bit of that. But the real value is harder to do. It's looking inside and figuring out the hard questions. Is this a moment to protect or is this a moment I want to share? And why do I want to share it? And what message do I have that is worth me putting myself out on a public stage? And for me, it's being acknowledging that I want to be accepted. I want people to like me. And that's not a super good motivation. So what's more important to me really is that I'm authentic to myself and that I'm using this in a way that I think is going to help people. Those are the harder kind of conversations. But I mean, if, I think I'm, I'm guessing the people that are really strong on Instagram actually do those, ask themselves those questions.
0: Now you probably have, you must have a brand account as well as your personal account, right? So you've got a bar three Instagram yeah. and that, mm-hmm. that's not managed by you.
1: No. And that's been really because I have this wicked, smart, awesome, amazing woman that just took over our social media recently. And her and I are so aligned. And just in her being more conscious about what she's been putting there, it's like flourishing right now. Mm -hmm. So it's been a real neat test to watch her do it because I haven't come back on my social media, but just to see her with this renewed kind of purpose behind her posts, kind of is gratifying because it's like, this is working. Like being real actually works.
0: (laughs) You know, being authentic really works. But also she must have a more objective approach to it. Like how you started this, as we started this conversation, you were saying that you felt so wrapped up in your brand that it was like you and your brand were like one thing. Whereas now when you bring somebody else in to run the brand Instagram account, she's got a level of detachment from that. So she can really see it with different eyes. And that probably makes it, like you said, a lot stronger.
1: Well, it's lovely (laughs) too. Yeah. Because her job is different. It's to be the voice of many and to highlight other people's voices. And yeah, that's a different
0: dynamic for sure. I'm just curious, one more random tech question, but how do you deal with email? Because this is something that I hear lots of entrepreneurs get totally overwhelmed with. Do you have any ways that you manage it or...
1: How do you I'm going to check while well, I'm checking you. I think I I want to tell you how many emails are in my inbox. You'll, I think I'm not kidding. I think I have like 10,000. I don't know where to find it. I saw it somewhere and it freaked me out. I have lots and lots and lots and lots of emails. So I have an assistant who helps me um, organize it, which is lovely. But before that, I mean, does that I can- stress
0: you out having 10,000? Like, how do
1: you feel about that? I would love for it to be empty. But I, you know what? It's my normal because I've made myself available that way. I just, it's something I'm kind of used to at this point. She pulls like important ones. So she prioritizes bar three, some of my like business development relationships and my personal emails. And she categorizes them for me, which is lovely. I get a lot of people contacting me. And this is the part that does bug me. I get a lot of people contacting me because they want to really, they want to connect with me and I don't have the bandwidth to like actually respond to everybody. And cause I remember being that person, like reaching out to someone and saying, Hey, can you spare five minutes? I really would love to you know, connect with you. Or what do you think about this? I've been following you. You know, that's at some point I would love to free my time so I can be a little more attentive there. Um, but yeah, I just, I I luckily have someone who's helping me out a little bit there.
0: Cool. Yeah. I find email kind of crazy because it's like, it's like anybody can contact you and just stick something Mm -hmm. on your plate. And that's just, I mean, you really need to have, be able to put boundaries in place or have your assistant be able to do it. Cause it's kind of crazy that anybody can just like contact you with requests. I don't know. It's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I let go of trying to respond to everything or, you know, like the school emails for people with kids. Oh my gosh. And sports, school and sports. (laughs) Those are the worst. <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine reading them all. So yeah, Chris and I always have to kind of Rochambeau. Like, are you? did you read this or do I need to read this?
0: <laughs> cool. So we're getting to like the end of our time together, but I'm really curious if you could go back to when you were just starting Bar 3 and give yourself some advice, what would you say?
1: I would say, good job trusting your instinct and shutting out the noise. I give myself a huge hug and high five on that front. I would say, do pay attention to systems, and you know you're you're good at incubating ideas and just starting them, launching them. Um, right from the beginning, figure out how you're going to scale even more than I did, and take care of your body. You don't have to teach every class because that was a big problem. My body literally broke down because I was teaching so much and I didn't train instructors. Fast enough for the demand. I was actually surprised at how many people wanted to take class right from the beginning. So those are some of the things I probably told myself.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Can you tell everyone where to get in touch and learn more about Bar Three? Sure. Here's my email. I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um. So just I'm kidding because honestly, I would want to get back in touch with you, and that would not be possible. (laughs) So I will be on Instagram at some point, and my handle's Sadie Lincoln. Um, bar3.com is our website. And we also have our bar three social media accounts on both Facebook and Instagram. And I have a public figure page on Facebook, and I and I haven't gone completely off that, so that's always a good place. And I teach classes often online. So one product we have, it's called B3 Weekly. We post a new workout every single week, and I'm often the teacher. And when you're the teacher, we commit as instructors for that week, for the entire week, we're responsible for having a conversation with everybody. So there's a comment feed under the workout and all week long, we're able to connect with everybody doing the online workouts, answering questions, giving feedback, um, cheering you on. It's a really amazing place to connect in a meaningful way.
0: Oh, awesome. Cool. I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can come on and try a class or or follow you online. So Sadie, thank you so much for your honesty and openness and being here with us today. It's been really awesome.
1: Thank you so much for helping all of us entrepreneurs.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all of our links in the show notes, which are available at wellprneronline.com. And don't forget that this week we're celebrating the reopening of Wellprner Marketing Bootcamp. That's my flagship course that teaches you how to bring more of the right people to your website and turn them into paying clients. I'd love to have you be part of the bootcamp community. You can learn more and find out about the special offer at wellprneronline.com slash bootcamp. Okay, have a fantastic week, guys, and I'll see you back here next week with the next episode.